When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of Optimal Living Advice, the podcast where we take any questions you might have about the many struggles of life and we get them answered for you here on the show. I am your host, certified life coach, Greg Audino. And I'll be honest, today's question gets me so amped up. I just I want to run through a wall right now. I, I'm excited to get to this one. It's simple, but I have a lot to say about it. So just do me a solid and stay with me through the end. Let's get it going right now. There's a saying that if you treated your friends the way you treated yourself, they wouldn't like you. How do you stop being so hard on yourself and cut yourself some slack instead of holding an unreachably high bar for yourself? Mm Mm-mm. If I had a nickel. Yeah, yeah, that is a popular saying and one of the few that I find pretty useful sometimes. It's interesting that you start the question that way, though. So let's think about that saying in a different way. So. Right now, you're talking about success, essentially. You're talking about holding yourself to an unreachably high bar of success in one way, shape, or form. What role do you figure your friends or the people around you play in that? Are the people in your past or present environment that you interact with or look up to as apt to being as successful as you are in whatever it is that they do? I have a feeling they are. It's important for all of us to consider that what we have or currently do put into our brains is what comes out of them. If your main contacts are intelligent, successful people, and these are features that you pay extra attention to in them, then your tolerance for people in which those qualities are lacking is going to be pretty minimal, and your tolerance for yourself in times that those qualities are lacking is going to be minimal as well. This is an especially slippery slope when it comes to high achievers, because of these ideas like surround yourself with those who want you to succeed and be around the people you want to be like, etc. A lot of us go out of our way to surround ourselves with successful people for our own benefit. And because we see them only through the lens of success, it's easy to overlook the other 99% of these relationships, most of which has to do with how happy they are in spite of their accomplishments. Not saying you're necessarily guilty of this, but what I am saying is that unless there's a certain event that took place once upon a time that has subconsciously caused you to put an unreasonable amount of emphasis on success, the chances are it's been planted in you by a lot of time around people for whom success is natural or people who demanded success of you. Whatever the case may be, It is now your responsibility to neutralize success if you stand a chance at demanding less of yourself. This is something that will include two parts, questioning and action, 
Let's talk about questioning first. Let's let's have you question the success in others or this version of success you see in others that you pressure yourself to replicate first. When you look at others who perform the way that you pressure yourself to perform, what's underneath? What's the other 99% of them that we mentioned a little while ago? Ask questions of other people such as, how does this success negatively impact others? What are some examples of times in which failure has unexpectedly led to great outcomes for others? Does the success in others come with the same flip side of high personal expectations? Is success ever met or is there a never-ending pursuit for more? What lack of success in one area is caused by extra success in another area? You might literally ask other people these questions. Hey, that could be a very good tool. But at least theorizing about the answers or figuring them out for yourself just by observing other successful people around you can give you some great insight. A lot of these same questions can be geared towards you as well. So how is your drive for success taking away from you? It's clear that you can see it's impacting your peace of mind, but get more specific if you can about times, events, and triggers. Also, when has failure ended up serving you well? Maybe, maybe you failed to get into a school or get a job you were reaching for, and in settling for your second option, you made the best friends that you could ever ask for. Do your actions involving success reflect the amount of emphasis you think is worth putting into it? What about you would still be worth loving if you were unsuccessful in several or all of the areas you seek to be successful in? Have you taken the time to love yourself outside of successes? These are really, really important questions to ask, but I will be a monkey's uncle if it is not nearly impossible to answer these questions of oneself without cognitive biases. So, if you do choose to question yourself in this way, it may be worth your time to actually, like, set up two chairs, ask the question in one chair, then scramble over into the other chair when answering it. Anything, any weird trick that you can do to get outside of yourself and ask yourself these questions as a secondary party would be highly beneficial. Now, as for the practical steps to overcome this that go beyond questioning, I've got to think that the only way for someone who is constantly trying to succeed to neutralize their idea of success is to practice failing things on purpose. Yeah, you heard me right. It's time to take the plunge, fearful or not, and practice failing at some things. The more you want to be successful at them, the better. Because you're a naturally success-driven, and I can only assume a naturally successful person, I promise you're not going to lose your ability to succeed. You'll only lose a little bit of your ego. It's time to consider what you consider failure, and what failures are worth integrating into your life so you can create a healthier relationship with failure. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that failure is important because you learn from it. I've said it. 17,000 times through 20-something episodes, 30 episodes is the 30th episode, and everyone already knows that anyway. But you have to trust in it. You have to trust in failure. What failures can you indulge in? Maybe if you're a soccer player and you're right-footed, then the next time you play, try only using your left foot. You'll probably laugh a lot and find that afterwards you're still alive and doing just fine. Maybe, Maybe you have deeper impressions of failure that can actually help you here. Maybe you haven't gone to therapy for this because you feel that's a sign of not being able to handle yourself, failing yourself. If that's the case, then guess what? It's time to go to therapy. I'm not saying that's the case, but you see what I'm getting at. Questioning success is step one. Is your environment only pushing it on you further? 
What's the flip side of success when it comes to others and when it comes to yourself? Answers to those questions and adjusting your lifestyle accordingly is how action begins. Action, based on that reflection, combined with making failure more of a presence in your life, is a surefire way to start balancing these feelings. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Oh man, I enjoyed that one. I don't know, it's late over here. Maybe it's just because I'm running on fumes, but I found a particular amount of pride in answering this. So. Thank you for those who stuck around. Thank you very much to the person who sent it in, and I hope I covered all the bases. It's funny, I feel as though a question like this is one of those questions that's at the root of or is the foundation underneath so many other questions that come in. Really, really important stuff, unspeakably important. As you know, if you have your own questions that you'd like answered on the show, we would love to have them, so please, please don't be shy and email them to us at advice at oldpodcast.com. That is advice at oldpodcast.com. We'll send you a free book, too. You can also hear more from us by visiting us online. My website is gregaudino.com, and the whole team site is oldpodcast.com. Take a gander. We have all sorts of tools to help you guys out. (laughs) But that's all she wrote for this episode. We've been going a little while here. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Really hope you'll tune into the next one, and have a wonderful day wherever you are. Take care.